What if someone offered to pay off your debt? All right, all right, yeah, some of you are excited. Just to be clear, someone, not, I'm not offering, just, it's not like, you guys are like, this is the best Sunday. What if someone offered to pay off your credit cards, maybe your school loans? <laughs> it's all right, you can, yeah, yeah, amen. Your mortgage, yes, yes, right. Your car payment. You start thinking, man, what, what would I do if I, if I had this extra income? What would I do? Maybe I wouldn't have to work so much. Maybe I, you know, I don't need to work for other people. Maybe I'd have more time to do the things that I wanted. Or maybe I, I'd have the money to do some of the things that I, I'm really looking to do. Today, uh, we are in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. And it says this in the book of Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Let's pray as we put our hearts and our minds on this scripture. Dear God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we just ask that you would open up um, our hearts, our spirits to what you have to say. Would you do a work here in this place this morning? We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Man, it keeps getting brighter in here. You know? <laughs> the same would happen outside. We'd have a great weekend. <laughs> Verse 13 it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. As Troy mentioned earlier, this Memorial Day weekend, some of us are reminded of the cost of freedom. And, and America, despite as much as we complain about it, right, which is one of the freedoms that you enjoy here, the freedom to complain about your freedom, um, is really a great place to live. Even just being here in this place, and maybe some of you don't, don't feel that this morning, but just being able to gather with other Christians, being a part of a body, being able to do that freely and in public without shame or persecution is, is something that we enjoy in this country. And, and it comes with a price, right? As we acknowledge, the freedom that we enjoy often comes at the price of somebody else's life. What, what do we enjoy with this freedom that we have from, from Christ? We enjoy the benefit of not having to deal with the consequences of our actions. We are free from the penalty of death. Because what we have done has caused death in our body, yes, but also in our spirit. And maybe even more so to be separated from God. Sin separates us from God and, and causes a chasm that we ourselves cannot repair. But Jesus has made a way for us to not deal with the consequences of our own choices. When I first uh, started driving, I was like 17 and a half because I'm a slacker and like, you know, you can get it earlier, but I was like, eh. So 17 and a half, I finally got my license, right? Because my parents were like, we're not going to take you anywhere. So, all right, I got to get into this thing. Got to get into the boat. 
So I, I'm, I'm driving, and, and uh, from, from our church to my house, it was just like, you know, a straight, just a, there's one street, just straight, it wasn't complicated, no freeways involved or anything like that. There was, however, a police station <laughs> on that street at this one particular in, intersection. And I don't know if you guys have driven here a long time in California because people drive differently in different states if you've ever, you know. So here in California, green means go, right? Yellow means go faster. Um, so so I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at, you know, yellow light. I'm young, I'm not maybe. There's the police station right there. It's in the morning. This cop, right, is pulling up to the light. He doesn't even, he just got up, man. He's just starting his day. He's not in the mood to pull anyone over, but he's just waiting there. The light turns red. I go through and he's like, oh, come on. Like this one's just on a plate, just handed to me. So I got to pull this kid over. So he pulls me over. And, uh, you know, license and registration, the whole deal. And, you know, I looked younger than uh, less hairy. And, uh, and uh, he was like, is this your first ticket? I was like, yes, it is. Only had my license six weeks, you know. <laughs> Made it a long time. And uh, he looks at me and he's like, here's your license and registration. Be more careful. Uh, great. Like, I just got out of that ticket. That was great. Like, I was already freaking out. What am I going to tell dad? You know? um, and the more amazing thing is, is it happened again. <laughs> the next cop that pulled me over, he was like, is this your first ticket? And I was like, well, I didn't get the other one. So yeah, yes, 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 this is so far my first ticket. And he was like, have a great day. He gave me my license and registration. I was like, I'm never going to get a ticket. Right? If this is the first question that all cops ask, the third cop didn't ask that question. And I didn't... But for, but for a moment, right, I, get to I got to live in this place of grace, of not having to deal with the consequences of my own actions. And I was guilty, you know. Some people go to court and they're like, yeah. And I, look, red light in front. I was guilty as guilty could be. I was guilty. But someone offered me grace, something that, that I didn't deserve. We must accept the free gift of grace, and that seems easy for me to say. It's a lot harder to do. When we were first married, we were, you know, struggling, right? Which is like, that's like synonyms, right, on the SAT. First married is synonymous with struggling. So, you know, we, you don't have a lot of money. You're just make, making ends meet. And we had like this old junky van that was like our own form of transportation. It hasn't changed much, actually. But, um, and it, you know, needed kind of some kind of repair. And we're like, oh, you know, we got to get the car running, you know, because you have to have that. And I got home from uh, work uh, one day and on our porch was an envelope with the money that we needed to repair the car. And it wasn't like a miracle miracle. I just blabbed too much, you know, complained a lot. And, and someone just like decided, hey, I, I'm gonna do this for them because I have the extra income. Last time I, I spoke up here, I shared with you guys, because of my own fault, partially, right, I left my car unlocked, that some tools got taken out of my car. And I shared that story just to tell you that, you know, I had, was okay with the consequences. But some of you in the church, I got phone calls, people were offering to give me tools, offering to help me replace it. And, and, and trust me, like, I really, I have a hard time with that. Because honestly, I was like, no, I did something, I shouldn't have left my car unlocked. Like, I have some culpability in this. And the other part is like, well, do I, I, I just sometimes have the, a struggle with accepting grace. So thank you for those of you who offered me grace in this church. 
I think that sometimes we feel like, hey, we want to we wanna do something. We usually take one of two paths. We either feel like we need to earn the grace that is offered to us, or we feel like we don't deserve the grace that is offered to us. And, and if you look at grace or this transaction or this faith with God as something that you have to earn, you may not even be like that overly zealous about it. You go into a, a job interview, right, and the requirements for the job is 40 plus hours, and you're thinking, let's talk about this plus, right? How much plus are you looking for? Because when I go to work, and don't get me, I love my work, but I'm really thinking about when I get to leave. Because that's when my life starts, right? End of the day, it's 4.30. I'm not doing any actual work, but I'll pretend to be busy. I'm already planning what I'm doing next, right? At five o'clock, two of you are honest and agreeing with me. When you're at school, right? The hardest part of the day from 2.30 to three, oh my goodness, that's torture. Why do they put clocks in the classrooms? The kids are just looking at it like, the thing's not moving. I think it's broken. I just want to go home. I have things I want to do, but I know I just have to meet this requirement, right? And the teachers are thinking the same thing. Maybe you didn't know that at the time. They don't want to torture you. They want their freedom too. They're looking at the clock thinking, man, that thing should move. I just want to get out of here, give these kids back to their rightful parents, you know, and have my freedom back. And if we look at church of that, you know, you're might thinking, okay, look, I, I want to be, be in on this. I, I need the grace. I need the grace of God. I want my sins forgiven. What does the transaction look like? I always make these deals, right, when I'm very sick. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but they're like, God, if you just take this sickness from me, right, I'll volunteer for VBS, like... <laughs> I'll paint the church like whatever it takes. Just please rescue me from this situation, right? We're like, what is the transaction that needs to happen? You're like, okay, like I'm here. I'm here in church. I have to listen to this guy talk for, for half an hour. Is that it? And then, okay, I'm good, right? Because it's Memorial Day weekend. I have plans. Like what is the minimum obligation that I have so that I'm in on the grace that God is extending to me? It's like, oh, oh, okay. so we're supposed to tithe, okay? The church is saying like, oh, you got to figure it out. Talk to God. Like, can you give me a number? Because I just need the basic requirements. This freedom, I just want to know what is required of me. And then you're like, daily reading Bible plan. Like, is that just for the overachievers? Like, I, I don't know if I want to get into that. And like, life group, like, that's for really messed up people, right? Like, I'm good. Like, what's the minimum requirement for me to get in on what God is doing? But we don't approach relationships the same way, way, right? At least hopefully you don't. Like you meet someone, you're like, hey, you're really cool. Like, I think we jive, you know, I'm thinking maybe we could be friends. I'm just wondering like, what are the basic minimum requirements that you see that for? Like, <laughs> is it just like getting together like, you know, once a month or is that cool? Or like, do I have to text you how often, you know? It's an awkward conversation, right? And when you meet that person, the one, oh, the, uh, I've... I love you, I adore you, I could see myself spending the rest of my life with you, and I just need to know what are the minimum requirements. <laughs> like, is it going out once a month? You know, how often do you need flowers? We don't, we don't approach relationships like that. And some of us look, look at it as, as, as something we don't deserve. We have a fear of being truly known. We come to church and oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. How are you doing? Good. And some of us aren't doing good, but that's what you say, right? We think that if people knew who we truly were, that they wouldn't accept us. 
So we create a presentable version of ourselves and people generally accept that, except we don't feel loved or accepted because they've just accepted something that doesn't exist. They think if they truly knew us, I think we, we forget that Jesus is like outside of time. In 1 John it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus was here at the beginning of time. Jesus was and is and always will be. He's not surprised by you. And let me tell you, whatever sin you're struggling with isn't that creative. It's been done before. There doesn't need to be a clause in the Bible. For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, oh, wait, hold on, I didn't know Steve was gonna do that in 2019. Like, we need, to, we need to repair this. Whoever, except for Steve in 2019, for that one really horrible thing he did. Anyone else, right? It doesn't read like that, and it doesn't read like that intentionally, because God knows you, and he loves you as you are. It goes on to say, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. In the beginning of the chapter, in, in verse one, it says, do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. Once you're freed, don't return to captivity. But how many of you were honest in the beginning when I said, if someone paid off your debt, and the other prayer that we have that we pray most often, right, is the lottery prayer. <laughs> Dear Jesus, like if you would, and there's like, there's like some bartering, right, some pre-contractual agreements. Dear Jesus, like some other people, I understand why you don't let them win the lottery. They're horrible. But, <laughs> but me, if you would give the money to me, right, I would tithe, right? We would adopt an orphan, right? We would do all these sorts of things with the money we, we would think we would do. And some of you are like looking, if my debt was paid off, oh, I would be free to do so many wonderful things. And some of you guys like, let's be honest. If someone paid off my credit card, I'm thinking shopping. <laughs> this thing's back to zero. Let's max it out again, right? Round two, let's go. If someone paid off my house, I'm thinking, well, maybe we need a summer home, right? And then I'll just go back and I'll be in the same because we are really good. We know how to be slaves. It's really hard for us to figure out how to be free. I mean, we were born slaves. One of the problems with people that are in long-term uh, incarceration is that transition to freedom. They've been in a place so long where someone has told them when to get up, when to go to bed, when to go outside, when to eat. They set them free and a lot of them just commit petty crimes intentionally to go back because they're like, I understand this. Give me a day to myself. And, and that's frightening. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I have a friend who's struggling with addiction and um, every once in a while she tries to kick it. We go through those cycles. New Year's is usually one of those cycles and make a resolution and she was talking to me about it. She's like, okay, this time I'm, I'm really going to kick it, you know. And I have a great poker face. And she could just tell I did not believe a word she said. <laughs> and she looked at me. She's like, you don't believe that I'm, uh, this time? And I was like, no. And she's like, well, why not? And I said, it's the way that you talk about it. Oh, I, I had a really hard day. So I deserve this. 
right? Well, things have just been really tough and I just need a release. We think that freedom is slavery and that slavery is freedom. A lot of times our minds actually haven't been transformed in this salvation process. You're still thinking like a non-Christian, right? Because that's how non-Christians think. Oh, church, Jesus, God. Isn't that the thing where someone else tells me what I'm supposed to be doing and doesn't let me do the things that I really want to do? Because we think that freedom is doing what we want to do and someone else telling us what we should be doing. That's not freedom, right? Greatest advertising campaign I think ever because of its bold-faced lying is the Chase credit card, right? Called Freedom. That makes sense. <laughs> they shopped it around and Chase slavery just didn't work, you know, in the test groups. <laughs> Chase indebtedness, right? Chase our dreams. Our dream is really for you to go to work and pay us your money. But that's, we, we just think that that's If we could make the choices, right? And as kids, like this is the way we thought, oh, our parents who care and love for us, it's just so horrible. I can't wait to get out of this house, right? We have all these very restrictive rules, like don't touch the stove and don't run in the street, you know? And they're just like, if I just had the freedom to do what I wanted, which is just sleep all day and eat candy, you know, I'd be a diabetic with bed sores. But that would really like, (laughs) that would be the dream. They just think, oh, these rules, I have a dog, actually, and he's harder to communicate the rules to. And uh, so one of his dreams was to just run away, right? They don't know where they're going. They're just going to run. And so whenever you open the gate, he's just like, I'm going to run, I'm going to run. I don't know. That's how I think he talks. And... (laughs) And one day he got away with it. The gate opened, straight down the driveway. I'm free. Like, I don't know where I'm going. Yay. Straight into the street. Boom. Gets hit by a car. And luckily, he survived the incident. But that dog has some serious PTSD. (laughs) I get out the collar and I'm like, you want to go for a walk? He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good here. Close the gate. (laughs) I've been out here like, I got to give me the food. No one's trying to kill me. And, and we just think that we're smarter than God. Or that God's rules aren't freedom, that they're somehow the burden. And the burden is the sin. That's what comes with the consequence. What you're doing right now is freedom. And maybe you guys haven't walked away and maybe you're smarter, but those of us who have, who have been in that place where we had something good, we walked away and we come back and we go, man, this is so good. I never knew it. To be here, to be with other Christians People who love God and and love each other, who carry each other's burdens and walk with one another, who don't leave each other alone, who know the goodness of God. If you're on the fence, if you're thinking, man, I I just challenge you. This is good. What God has given to us is good. If if they came out tomorrow and said, okay, we got a vaccine. Great one. The vaccine for poison. You can eat all the poison you want. If you have this vaccine, you will not die. It's great. We've cured it. Now, you still will get violently ill. You'll get weak. You'll be out of work a couple days. It'll be the worst sickness you've ever had. But you will not die. How many of you guys will be like, this sounds great. Serve me up a bowl of poison for breakfast. I'm good. I was at the zoo one time. And uh, I like animals. I like watching animals. Some of them seem really wise. 
I don't know why gorillas always seem wise. I think it's because they do this a lot. Uh, you know, the gorilla's just sitting there and you just, well, I wonder what he's thinking about, just pondering the meaning of life or whatever's going through his mind. And, uh, and this gorilla throws up as I'm watching him. Bright green. I don't know. They got him on some kind of all-vegetarian diet. And he's looking at it. And I was like, no, you're smarter than this. You're smarter than this. He's not. He goes right for it and takes it back in and then immediately has a feeling, I feel sick, and then throws up again. I had other animals to see, so I didn't get to see the end of this cycle, but that gorilla is dumb. He was just going to keep on doing it over and over again. And most of you guys think, man, that is an image I didn't need and that's disturbing, but that's exactly what the Bible says about us, like dogs who return to their vomit, is us when we return to our sin. God has freed us from the bondage of sin. And maybe it's time for us to ask ourselves a better question. Not what is permissible, what is allowable, what can I get away with, what's the minimum requirement. Maybe the question we should be asking ourselves is what is the most excellent way, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, right? If everything is allowable and you do not have to pay the consequence for your actions, what is beneficial? If everything is good, if everything's on the table, maybe we should be asking ourselves, what is constructive? And there's an idea right here in Galatians 5.13, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And this is probably at least how you should approach relationships. Like, have you ever seen like a relationship that's just like working and it's just like so sickening, right? It's like, oh, like I was gonna do this, but I wanted to check with you and see if that's okay. And they're like, well, I, if, as long as that's okay with you. And you're just like, ah, I want to throw up, right? Because it's just like, when you see something so healthy and you're like, you want it, that's really what it is. Like you're jealous of it because you like quite haven't figured that out. But when two people are serving each other and looking to the needs of each other, Sometimes we, we look at a relationship and we're like, well, I really want to do this, but, you know, she won't let me do it. I used to use that excuse when I was a kid because I was an introvert, you know, and my friends would call me up and be like, hey, we're going to all do this, and we, oh, I'd love to go, but, you know, my dad, you know, he just won't let me out of the house. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't look at relationships like what is allowable. What, maybe we should look at relationships as what would benefit them. And, and I know that would be a conscious choice some change would be involved. I used to have a loophole in my marriage. Um, my wife, when she was younger, was enjoying some Reese's Pieces in the back of a, a pickup truck on a bumpy road. And because of that day, she no longer likes chocolate and peanut butter together. So I, well, I know, right? Imagine a life. I could buy all the chocolate and peanut butter I want, and you know who it's for? It's for me. And it was great for like five years. Then we had these little people. <laughs> and they didn't have these same trauma issues. And then I was like, well, what's going on? Like, this was supposed to all be for me, right? Sharing. You're sitting on the couch, you know, you've got the gallon of ice cream because you just looked at the bowl and you're like, that's for sissies. <laughs> and you're doing pretty good and you're looking at the bottom and you're going, 
I mean, to be honest, it would be cruel for me to leave such a small amount of ice cream, right? That would just be, I might as well just go all the way to the bottom. You're watching your favorite show, and then, and then technology starts to question your morality, right? Netflix says, are you still watching? <laughs> like the computer is, has assumed that like a living sentient being can't still be see, sitting here, right? They have other things to do. And you get mad at it, like, I guess I'm still watching, you know? I've got two cups of ice cream in the bottom of this container. I'm not done yet. And how many of us, like, really feel good? Like, do we brag about, you know, you go to work the next day, you know, I finished the whole gallon of ice cream by myself, you know? 12 episodes, watched the whole season, had nothing to do. Is that the, I mean, I don't, maybe for you, what, and, and there has been times, I've seen the screen. I go, ah, I really should be doing something else as I, Click past the screen. And we're worried, right? If we choose love over self-indulgence, what's gonna happen to us? Right, those are the choices we see, right? Because everyone argues on extremes. You're either a heathen or your Mother Teresa. It's like, if I spend all my time serving other people, what about me? I need time for me. Like the airline tells you, right? When the oxygen mask comes down, make sure you put the mask on yourself before you put it on others. And that is good advice. Because there are things that you need. If your choice is between breathing and helping someone, choose breathing. You'll be a lot more helpful to people later. You need to eat, right? Don't do that. Don't skip a meal and go help someone and fall down and then you need the medical attention. That's not helpful, right? You need sleep. You need sleep. But the other things that you think you need, that you think make you happy, and you have the freedom in Christ. I'm not here, I'm here to ask you to ask yourselves the question, what is the best thing that I could be doing with the time that I have been given? In Galatians 5.14, the next verse, there's kind of an assumption here, which is probably accurate about all of us, is that, you know what, we love ourselves. Like, if there's one thing we're good at, it's loving ourselves. Because it says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You just got to love your neighbor like you do yourself. You just got to take care or look or be concerned about other people like you're concerned with yourself. And I know some of you are thinking, like, hold on one second. I was in Sunday school That's not how the story goes. The Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he didn't say, love your neighbor as yourself. No, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second commandment, right, is to love your neighbor. Paul has got it wrong in Galatians. But if you look at the Bible in totality, you'll see that you just can't separate the two. In 1 John 4.20, it says, if anyone says that he loves God, yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. Because you can't do one and do the other. I mean, as a father, as a husband, I, I understand that, right? Someone comes to me and be like, you're really cool. If you could ditch the wife, we could be going places. And I'd be like, you need to go away, right? You don't love me if you don't love my wife. And someone's like, man, you're really great, but the kids, if we could just sell them off. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay. 
this is me, this is my family. You can't like me and not like these people that I have chosen to spend my life with. God's saying, you can't say that you love me and not love my children. And God's greatest concern is for the children that aren't here yet. The ones that don't know him, that don't know the freedom of being set free from the burdens of their sin, who are still struggling in a mess that they don't see a way out of. And there's no light at the end. All they see is darkness closing in and they're trying to fix it themselves and they just can't. The people that desperately need Jesus, desperately need to hear your story about how God came to you and saved you out of the muck and the mire of your sin and gave you life and gave you hope. And God's calling us. I mean, chances are, and a lot of people think, you know, if God was here today, he probably wouldn't be in this building. He'd be like, those 99 got it together. I'm going down the street. I'm gonna find the one that doesn't. And look, it's great that we have church. We need to be encouraged. We need to get together. We, we live this life together. The real question is about the rest of your week. And depending on where you're at, some of you, when I'm talking this morning, you're, you're new to the faith. It was just a sin you've been struggling with for a long time and you're thinking, man, I, I gotta get rid of this. It's hurting me. It's hurting the people around me that I love. I, I'm struggling here. And I wanna tell you, this is the place to do that. Come and be honest with somebody. Come pray with somebody after church. We have a group, Celebrate Recovery, that meets on Friday nights. Come to group. We'll walk with you and help you through that. And others of you have walked with God a while and you're like, look man, I am good. Like, I'm coming to church, I'm here, I'm not doing anything lascivious during the week. Like, what are, this message really isn't for me. I could have just skipped this one. And the question is, is what is the most beneficial thing that you can do with your time? And that does mean maybe, and take this to God, it's not, you know, I'm not checking up on you longer pulling back on some things that you really like to do. But then you find something better. My life was different before I had kids. And I grew up in an era, and you know, so it's try, maybe it's still like a thing that people, but I played video games well into marriage. I mean, me and my wife, you know, I was like, hey man, I got free time. And my kids came along, I found something better to do. It's not that I didn't like those things that I was doing. And hey, even when I was single, it's not that I didn't like those things that I was doing. It's just that I, I, I found something better. And life is full of all kinds of wonderful things. And even this weekend, you have all kinds of choices that you can be spending your time with. It says in verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. If in your mind, the biggest obstacle that you have is another person, sorry, it's obstacle, that's from a movie. I gotta get that out of my head. <laughs> I'm like, that guy never got learnt right. Uh, the biggest obstacle that you have is, a, is, a, is another person. You haven't understood the gospel. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And I know there's a lot of sin that you can hate and a lot of times, in your mind, in your humanness, you can't separate that person from that sin. The two are synonymous, right? He's a liar. She's a drunk. He is angry. But we serve a God that is able to make the, the cut between the two. 
to redeem the soul and eradicate the sin. And what you see with your eyes is not all that there is to the story. I'm asking that you would believe that God could save someone that was a sinner like you, that could transform lives, and that we don't have to fight with one another over silly things or even things that may be more serious. We can ask God to move in the, move in the middle of that situation and redeem. And the question for us is, can we just take a little bit of time, make time, make room for God to move? We were uh, enjoying a nice family dinner one night. It was great. Nice enough day in California that we had the windows open. You know, sunshine, dinner, uh, early dinner, I guess. It was, it was still sunshine. But we were eating, and, uh, you know, you're just one of those moments. You're like, this is great. And as we're eating... I looked out the window and across the street was a girl sitting on a curb. And I could tell that she was having a bad day. I looked at my wife and I just said, I think you should, you know, you should go out there. I wasn't gonna do it because I just like, that'd be weird, right? I'd be like, hey, little girl, you know. <laughs> and she runs away and her day's worse. You know, some guy tried to kidnap me. So, so, I, sent my, uh, so I sent my wife out there and, and um, she talked with this girl, pregnant, young, not married, and just trying to figure out what to do. And so my wife sat there and she prayed with her and she's met with her a couple of times after that. And hey, look, it's not like what we were doing was wrong. We were having dinner as a family. Like, you can't throw stones at that, right? It just turned out that that particular day, there was something better that could have been done. And all it required was us to open up our eyes and to make time for what God's doing. There's opportunities if, if we're looking for them and if we purposefully are a little less busy. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you how you move in our lives. We thank you for the grace and the freedom that each one of us have. We thank you for who you are. But Lord God, we just, um, we want more of you. We're not coming out of guilt or compulsion or obligation. But Lord, simply because we know that you are good and the free gift that we have been given, Lord, we want to see others experience and we want to be part of that, Lord Jesus. We want to be part of what you're doing, the miracle of redeeming a broken and a fallen world. Lord God, teach us Open our eyes. Let us see the opportunities. Let us see the person, not the sin. Pray these things in your name. Amen.